financial freedom is like all about kind of dethroning money as like this thing you have to work for in your life and just reallocating time as your most valuable resource and doing with time what you want. In a time plagued by groupthink, a tribe known as the Millionites have emerged from the depths of time to alter our trajectory for the betterment of humanity. These are their chronicles. Welcome to our community, where every single week we'll study the craft of some of the most successful entrepreneurial leaders in their given area of expertise. We'll take a trip down memory lane, long before the millions, to uncover their secrets to success and how they've achieved their goals. By doing this, we can fast track our way to success and live the life we've always dreamt of. So, whether you are looking to attain financial freedom, location independence, or reaching the millionth mark of your milestones and more, then you've come to the right place. Stick around to find out what works, what doesn't, and how you can reach your millions. If you would like instant access to our back catalog, visit us at beforethemillions.com. And now, your host, DeRay Olaleye. What's going on, fellow entrepreneurs, business owners, and investors alike? We back, well, we back for the first time. Numero uno. Yep, this is episode one, and I'm excited. It's a beautiful day here in Dallas, Texas. On today's show, we're speaking with engineer Sonny Burns. Sonny makes grenades for the DOD for fun. Yep, the Department of Defense, while also selling pacifiers online. We'll get into that a little bit later on the show, but Sonny paid for his tuition in college by selling 19 cars. Sonny's a real estate investor who got his start house hacking a fourplex. He is currently getting paid to live for free. This is one of my favorite subjects to educate others on. So when I found out what Sonny did and how beastie of a deal he got, I knew I had to have him on the show. I'm sure you'll get tons of value from this show because I know I did. You'll like the little bit about travel hacking midway through the show, but enough foreshadowing. Without much further ado, let's hear a word from our sponsors and get into the show. The best real estate investing advice ever show is literally the only daily podcast that I subscribe to. And now I'm prescribing for you. The world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's unprecedented. Visit JoeFearless.com slash show for the back catalog. Enjoy. Okay, everybody. Today, I'd like to welcome Sonny Burns to the show. Hey, Sonny, how's it going? Going well, going well. How are you? I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Sonny is the definition of an entrepreneur and has multiple streams of passive income. Only 26 years old and Sonny is on the fast track to financial freedom, all while maintaining a full-time engineering job at the DOD. Is that correct? That is correct. Department of Defense, Army side. Okay. Okay. Don't mess with Sonny. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I've, I've 3D printed grenade launchers before, so yeah, you don't want to mess with me. <laughs> See, there you go. And you are supporting a household of four, including two kids. Sonny, oh, how do you do X. it? I don't know, man. It just it just happens. No, I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's going pretty well. I balance things pretty well. I wake up early in the morning. There's a lot of little habits I've developed that kind of help with it all. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about your habits later on in the show. But first, Sonny, let's take it back. I like to take it back when I when I bring guests on. So really quick, in my past interviews, I've been interviewing entrepreneurs who have achieved massive amounts of success and we talk about how they got there. 
in your case, I think it's a bit similar to mine in that you're you're setting up the foundation to really do some damage. And I think there's a lot to gain from how you methodically create your future rather than just kind of stand idle. Yep. Yep. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show. We're getting to watch your success as it happens. And I think it may be a good idea for you to get on the show maybe a year from now and, you know, see the progress that you've made. So with that being said, what are your, your short-term business goals? And then, and then we'll kind of jump into the time machine. So I guess in short-term business goals, in terms of real estate, we want to, we're actually under contract with a second investment property. So hopefully we'll be closing on that within the next couple of weeks. And so that's the real estate side. We're also selling, when I say we, it's me and my wife, we're business partners and life partners, and we do a great job at both, I think. So on, on Amazon, we're actually selling on Amazon. So online retail side, we want to grow our Amazon FBA business. Right now, we're just selling pacifiers through Amazon, and we're selling about 20, 30 a day. So sales are great. I think we grossed 30,000 last year. But honestly, so we grossed 30,000, but we didn't make that much in revenue. We're just selling a whole lot of them. But there's too much competition, so we'd really love to get into more private labeling. So branding our own products, there won't be competition for. So I want to develop that side. And then I also have a blog that I started up last year, starting to get a few more viewers on there, but trying to increase viewership there. And then also starting up a video podcast slash YouTube channel. And we'll be interviewing my first guest this coming weekend. So excited to get that started. So yeah, interview me in a year from now. <laughs> hopefully lots will have happened. Okay, okay. Sounds good. Well, Sonny, let's give the listeners a base. Let's take it back. Who was Sonny prior to all of this? And, and how did you transform to this, I guess, this machine that is creating all <laughs> these streams right now? What, what's going on? Well, I don't know. I guess I grew up kind of in a, I wouldn't say poor family. We always had a meal to eat. But, you know, I heard stories growing up. We lived in a basement apartment and we just, when we were, me and my brother were little, we just survived on mac and cheese. So I guess money was always a little bit of an issue in my family. So I don't know, it kind of played an important role and kind of, I always kind of felt like almost like second class to the the rich people. And I guess I didn't like that feeling. So I always kind of thought, I always wanted to make money not so much of an issue in my life and just be able to afford what I wanted to afford and just live a uh, or have a good financial track. I mean, I am super grateful for my family. I feel like other than money, I'm so blessed in terms of my family, like the relationship my parents have. They truly loved each other. I've never even seen them fight once. They're just amazing parents. And I was I mean, I don't need money if I have them. And they really raised me right. But, you know, I feel like Money does kind of put some strain on relationships. So I really wanted to develop that awesome relationship with my wife and the family I was raising. But I also wanted to have that aspect of success. So not even have money be any kind of factor in terms of detrimenting a marriage and felt like achieving that financial freedom and being able to raise my family how I want to was kind of a a goal of mine and something that's kind of driven me towards success, towards entrepreneurship and trying to share that journey with everyone else as well to kind of bring those around me along and raise them up as well. Okay. So Sonny, what's the pivotal moment? What's the first thing you picked up? What were you doing research on back then that kind of got you, you know, I guess gear churning and, and thinking of what you can do to create some of these streams? 
Yeah, I mean, it goes way back when I was probably like eight years old. I would drive my bicycle to CVS and buy those bulk packs of candy. And then I set up a little store in my living room and I was selling candy. I bought at wholesale prices from CVS and then sold it for retail to my siblings. I set up a little store in the living room. So I've, I've, I guess I've kind of had that entrepreneurial mindset for a long time. From there, I guess I went into snow shoveling. Me and my brother and a friend would snow shovel and get paid like 50 dollars a driveway and make some money that way from there pay for college i started flipping cars i bought and sold 19 cars at this point and that kind of paid for my tuition while i was going through college and i went to an expensive private school luckily we were low income so we got a lot of financial aid but i didn't want to accumulate a lot of debt so that kind of helped with that and from flipping cars yeah, I, I got a scholarship from the Department of Defense, which paid my college and paid me $25,000 a year cash in pocket DOD smart scholarship if anyone's interested. And yeah, I got my mechanical engineering degree, started working full time for the Department of Defense, started at 50K, now three years later making 80K. So not too bad. Anyway, that's, I guess, my progress in terms of money. But yeah, I guess so when I got that scholarship and they were paying me $25,000 a year, you know, a, a lot of other of my cohorts who won that same scholarship, there was 300 of us, they're buying nice fancy cars. But me, I started looking into the stock market and started, I opened up an IRA, started investing into that. And I guess that kind of accelerated my journey towards wealth. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's great. So you opened up your IRA and... Is that when you decided to start investing in real estate or did you kind of look online first? Which came first? Okay, so I guess my dad finally bought his first house when I was like 20 years old. And I looked at kind of the mortgage he got. He got a traditional 30-year mortgage. And I looked at like he was paying... You know, he bought a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house, and over the lifetime of the of the mortgage, he would actually be paying like seven hundred, seven hundred fifty thousand. And you know, I I understood kind of the time value of money, but I didn't like that you were paying triple the price over three years. So my idea was just accumulate a massive amount of money, buy your house outright, and then you don't have to worry about the housing expense or the mortgage expense, and you can kind of accelerate your savings and kind of be well off there. So I started really kind of researching how to go about buying your house, and I stumbled on a podcast called Bigger Pockets Podcast, awesome podcast, and that really that really changed my whole mindset instead of just saving up for one house to buy cash flowing properties that you can live in for free and that actually pay you to live in, and that's how I got started in real estate. Yep. I think that's a great story. And that's a good point to kind of bring up and talk, talk to newbie investors who are looking to invest in their first property and think or have that mindset, you know, when it comes to these properties and you're wanting to put 100% of the money down, that means you have <laughs> a, you have 100% of the, of the liability. You don't have the power of leverage and, and B, if, especially if, you know, you're, this is a house that you're living in, you're, you're an occupant, then it's even more of a liability because you don't have tenants that are paying that, that mortgage for you. So yep. I think that's an important distinction to kind of bring up when it comes to, when it comes to, you know, thinking that, Having or, or, you know, something to talk about is having a large amount of money in your primary home, you know, as equity and kind of just sitting on that. Do you have a take on that? Yeah, I mean, 
what happens when you lose your job and you ha- you have to pay that now? You know, it's like, are you going to make it? But if you're cash flowing from a rental property, like we have a four family property right now. And if I lost my job, honestly, the property pays for itself when we get paid while living here, probably around like $500 a month. So we'll still be making money and we could find a way to live off $500 a month. Me and my wife and my two kids, I'm sure we, we could. We're pretty frugal people. 500 would be tough, actually. But anyway, <laughs> you see what I'm saying. You know, we have enough of a savings and cash flow is enough for us to really be okay no matter what happens. Okay, let's give, a, I guess, a point of reference. Let's talk about the numbers on that property really quick, and then we'll talk about how your your frugal lifestyle isn't so frugal, because I know kind of from doing my research on you that you've had some trips recently, so we'll, we'll get into those as well. But Yeah, first, we, got, we got a trip to Alaska, we got a trip to California, Florida, all this summer. And actually, I'm going to California twice, one for a Yosemite backpacking trip with some friends and one with my family, which we're later going to Alaska. So we're living we frugally, go. but we're doing it awesomely. There we go. There we go. And I kind of want to dig into that a little deeper, but really quick, let's talk about the numbers on that property. Okay. It was right off the MLS. This was in 2015. So a little longer than a year and a half ago, we found it. It was a four family property right in Bergen County, New Jersey in the town of Garfield. And we bought it for $430,000. It was actually listed at 475. We offered 480, but during the whole closing process or under contract process, we lowered it 50,000. I can go into that too. Anyway, we purchased it for $430,000. We put 10% down. So we put $43,000 down and we probably paid like $10,000 in closing costs. And then we put in like $25,000 worth of our own money into it. Yeah. So that was basically it. What do you else do you want me to go into? Uh how is it cash flowing? It's cash flowing really well. So right now we live in unit one. Unit two, we rent to my in-laws and we give them a kind of a subsidized rent at $1,000 a month. That can easily be renting for $1,500 a month. Unit three and four, we advertise on Craigslist and those are renting for $1,700 and $1,710 a month. So right now it's cash flowing. The cash that's coming in from the rent is $4,410 a month and expenses are probably around $3,500 a month. So, so we're cash flowing pretty well around like 800, 900, and that's factoring 3,500 factors in the mortgage expense and utilities. We pay gas, electric is all separate and insurance, property taxes, and some maintenance and vacancy factoring. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. And I kind of want to just tell the listeners right now, like this scenario, what you've done is the perfect way. I repeat the perfect way to get started. You're cash flowing on a property that you're living in. You're not paying any rent. We don't have a living expense, housing expense. And I can speak to this because I'm doing the exact same thing. You're not paying any rent. You're being paid to live. Yeah, we're getting paid to live. (laughs) And I mean, I mean, once we move out, we're going to rent our unit probably for around 17, 1800 a month. And if my parents move out too, or my in-laws move out too, that's another $500 a month. We'll be bringing in around like $7,000 a month, at least 7,000, I think closer to 7,500, but let's say 7,000, that's $3,500 on top of all expenses a month we'll be bringing in. You know, that's, I don't know what that is, close to $40,000 just in our pocket while maintaining that mortgage. Once that mortgage is gone, we get an additional like $2,000 a month coming into our pocket. It's, it's insane. You know, we're going to get $60,000 from this property a year and you know just this one house once the mortgage is paid off it's going to be enough for us to live with our frugal lifestyle 
Yep. And let's not even get into into any of the tax benefits. Let's not talk about depreciation and deductions. Oh the, my goodness, the, it just adds the up. The appreciation. So we bought this probably for $430,000. We're going through a home equity line of credit application right now and we got an appraisal back at $640,000. So wow. depreciated $210,000 in the less than two years that we bought it. So our net worth grew by $210,000. And Have you pulled that out yet? We did one cash out refinance a half a year ago, and we pulled out every dollar that we invested into the property. We pulled out $67,000 cash in our pocket, untaxed money, and just that's exactly what we kind of put into the property. So that's what we want to pull out. And then now that we're looking for our second investment property, we're just going to use this property, home equity line of credit, to borrow against and pay for that next property. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And that's how you just kind of create the snowball effect. And yeah. pretty soon it's just we'll it's the same just for the next massive. Property. Yep. 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 Same here. So, man, okay. I kind of want to talk about this a little bit more, but there's so many aspects of, of your life that I want to get into. So, <laughs> so <laughs> let's move on. So, r- really quick, let's talk about you said that you kind of studied the stock market and what happened with that. How did that go about and kind of talk oh, about that a little oh, bit? Oh, I got an awesome thing to share this week. This week, okay. So, my first stock I bought, I don't remember the first stock I bought. The second stock I ever bought back in 2011 was Netflix. And I bought, I think I bought like three shares. And then it was at, selling at $118. Next day, the stock crashed at $77. So I doubled down and I bought the $77 stock to kind of, what do they call that? Yeah, I guess doubling down or dollar cost averaging. Anyway, today I finally hit 1,000%. So the stock split seven to one and I, I just returned 1,000%. So it, it increased by 10 times the amount. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, Congratulations. That's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> my advice is not to buy individual stocks anymore. I don't do that anymore. I mean, I kind of do it sometimes just for like play. Wait money. a minute. Wait a minute, Sonny. So you mean to tell me that your stock just grew? Wait, how, how much again? 1,000%. 1,000% a year and you're advising to not buy individual <laughs> stocks. Please explain that. Sonny. That is correct. So I bought that 1,000%. Yeah, Netflix, which did awesome. But I also bought Groupon, which tanked. I bought a whole bunch of companies, which tanked. I mean, I bought a lot of winners. I bought a lot of losers. But overall, since I've been investing in 2011, my portfolio has only grown 37% at this point, which is not too bad, but it's not great either. It's not 1,000% my entire portfolio. That's an outlier. So I have negative outliers and I have positive outliers. So what I do now is I just invest in low-cost index funds like Vanguard, S&P 500 funds, and things like that. Okay. And you're using your IRA to invest? I am using my IRA. So another painful thing is I didn't use my IRA when I bought that second stock, that Netflix stock. So I have to pay Pay capital gains on that, all the gains from a thousand percent of growth, as opposed to if I just bought it through my Roth IRA, then I I wouldn't have to pay any taxes on those gains. Those would be free to keep once I retire. And with a Roth IRA, you can pull out any contributions. So I could have pulled out my initial investment and not had any penalties whatsoever. Yep, that's a nice little nugget for those listeners who invest in the stock market. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about some of your online endeavors and kind of get into your introduction to that space. Sure. Started a website called famvestor.com. How did that start? Anyway, I guess I was presenting at my local church just about real estate. 
And I kind of, everyone was so interested on kind of what we were doing with that four family property. So this is a recent endeavor within the last year I started it. And I watched a four hour YouTube video on how to start a WordPress website. So step-by-step, step, probably took me like 12 hours to build it, but I built that website and I'm pretty proud of it. I think I did a pretty good job being a novice web developer now with almost <laughs> yeah. no, ex I had some HTML experience, like basic, but anyway, I built it and now I'm creating that blog. So I have that blog with a lot of posts on passive, generating passive income and things like that. And then you moved on to, I guess, Amazon FBA was maybe the next venture. Yes, I think it was like almost around this. No, I think Amazon FBA came first and then I did the blog. So Amazon FBA. So we bring so really quick. Let's talk about what Amazon FBA is and then and then maybe kind of get into how you got into it and, and how you picture niche, I guess, how you picture your pacifiers. Sure, sure. So FBA is fulfilled by Amazon. I used to be an okay, so I forgot to mention, I used to be an eBay shipper. I have, I have 703 ratings on eBay. So I've done a lot of transactions, buying, selling, yeah. things like that. Anyway, so the bad thing about eBay is you have to, every time you sell something, you have to package it up, you have to print out the shipping label, you have to go to the post office, you got to drop it off. And that's not very passive. So I wanted that passive stream. So the beauty of Amazon FBA is you just ship a bulk product. So we ship, we just shipped this week 500 pacifiers to Amazon's fulfillment center in New Jersey. And then whenever we get a sale online, Amazon just ships it right for you. And yeah, they charge you a big fee for that. But honestly, you can just drop ship your product right to Amazon. They label it. They ship it for you. So really, you don't have to do any work. You just create these systems. You find the right product. You create these systems. And it's just a passive cash flow business for you. So that's that's a little bit of what Amazon FBA is. And how did you find your product? So we found our product kind of interestingly. So we started real estate after our first son was born. I mean, we were searching before then, but we didn't close on our house till after our first son was born. And when we brought our son home, the hospitals give you these pacifiers and they have like little notches in them. You can't buy them in stores. They'd only give it to you in the hospitals. In the stores, they sell something similar, but it doesn't have this notch that goes right under the nose. And our son didn't like any of the store pacifiers. So I found I found a source that sold these pacifiers to the hospitals and I, I bought the pacifiers from that source. I listed it on Amazon and I started selling it because I saw on forums, you know, other parents fresh, just as frustrated as I was that we lost the hospital pacifier. Our son won't stop crying. We need to find this pacifier. So I'm like, oh, there's a need here. Let me fill that need and start selling. I started selling on eBay and there was a lot of people buying them. So I was like, okay, let me go to something else so I don't have to keep shipping these dumb pacifiers and go to the post office every day. So then I started selling them on Amazon. Now we're selling 20, 30 a day. You know, it's, it's pretty incredible. And we how have like, how, how are you getting these pacifiers manufactured? Are they manufactured overseas or no, they're that process. So they are manufactured right here in the U S actually in Massachusetts. Yeah. And so they're manufactured right in the U S by big baby manufacturing corporation, Philips. They make a lot of baby products. Yeah. So I just source okay. them from here and just sell them on Amazon. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely know a lot about Amazon FBA. I think Amazon FBA was a was really hot last year in 2016, especially 2015. But I think that with the way things are now, and there's so many coaching programs out there, and there's so many gurus out there, and, you know, it's kind of catching hold to the wrong people. And, you know, you do have these these shippers shipping from China and giving you the knockoff products of... Mm -hmm 
of items that you would normally get in the U.S. for, you know, 10 times the price. And they're just, you know, massive inflows of, of these new Amazon accounts popping up every day. And, you know, these days you don't know where your items are coming from. So, so yeah, I, I just say that to say that I don't know how long I like the business model. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I also did some eBay shipping myself pretty long ago. But again, back then, I, I think that that, that was a, the right time to do that. And right mm-hmm. now, I feel like a lot of that is, is, is just really, really convoluted. But anyways, let's kind of keep moving forward. So you mentioned your first son, and I just want to make it clear. I don't know if we mentioned this on, on the show yet, but you have two kids. I do. Two-year-old and, and a two-month-old. A two-year-old and a two-month-old. We're and... going for four, baby. <laughs> According to you, you guys live very, very <laughs> frugally. So I, I kind of want to talk about your lifestyle and, and get into that a little bit and, you know, how you're able to, I guess, afford yourself with the lifestyle that you, that you live with all the traveling that you do. Sure. So I just kind of want to go back a little bit. So my wife was an elementary art teacher and the way we were able to save $43,000 plus 20, like we had like $100,000 saved in the bank by the time we bought that property. And that was when I was 25 years old. I just turned 25. And that was me and my wife both lived in my parents' house. It's a three bed. Oh, you're going to laugh when I tell you this. So it's a, it's like a three bedroom house. Okay. We converted one. So it's a four bedroom house with one bathroom and there was nine adults living in this house with one bathroom. So me and my wife were living there. We had a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. You know, we slowly started saving. We wouldn't go out to eat. We brought our own lunches, you know, so we were just saving money, saving money. She was making 50000 at her teaching salary as an elementary art school teacher. And I was making, you know, 50000 to 80000 as an engineer. So we were saving bank. And that's how we were able to save that down payment and that deposit by living frugally and saving that money. That being said, traveling. Is that what we're talking about? Yep. <laughs> okay. So, so traveling, what we do is, so we went to... When we got married, the first trip we took together was to Japan. And we went to Japan for like three weeks. And we didn't pay for that flight. We got a United Mileage Explorer card. And that gave you a 50,000-mile bonus on sign-up. And we already had – we paid for a a ticket to Seoul the year before. And we were exploring Korea. So we had some miles accumulated on United from that. So together with that, you needed – at the time, 70, 70, 65,000 miles to fly round trip to Japan. So we how both had. You, how much did you have to pay for that 50,000 points? It's free. So usually there's an annual fee with opening up that credit card, but it's waived for the first year. So we just opened it. You have to buy $1,000 worth of things on the yep. credit card. And then you get, after three months, you get 50,000 miles. And okay. we that just was my question, it. actually. Yeah, we just canceled it after the before the first year was up, so we avoided that fee for the next year, and then we opened up that card again two years later and got the fifty thousand miles again and just did it again, and we've done that with a whole bunch of different cards now. Yeah, so we yep. so we had that free trip to Japan. We had a free trip. She just I had a work trip in Colorado. So she just joined me like two months ago and she flew to Colorado and that was free with miles and free for me with work. And then we also went to Europe on a three week backpacking trip with our six month old at the time. Wow. Uh, so that was fun. We went to like five different countries, which is how did you manage to do that <laughs> with just a backpack? 
<laughs> yep, just carry on. You know, I, I had the big backpack and she had a little backpack and we just had a baby carrier for our little six month old. And he was just breastfeeding at the time. So we didn't have to bring any food. I guess we had to bring diapers for him and some clothes. But yeah, yeah. we just backpacked and we only had to pay for one night's lodging because we just stayed with friends and friends of friends and relatives and friends of relatives. <laughs> so we managed to, oh, I guess, wow. like couch surf our way through Europe, through five different countries with a six month old. And we had an awesome time. He he was amazing during that trip. Oh, wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> okay. So also this summer, we just booked, we have a wedding to go to two months from now. So we booked using Miles a trip to California. And we were like, hey, let's make a vacation out of it. Let's stay in California a little bit. And then let's also from California go directly to Alaska. And we booked it kind of late. So we had to use like double the amount of points that you normally would need. But you can also get the first class for that same double amount of points of an economy flight would be. We did double miles and we're going to fly first class to Alaska and back from Alaska. So that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. that's Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. And I've I've kind of, as of late, been looking into the, this point system because I do a lot of traveling myself. So when you're canceling these cards, I guess you're lowering your overall credit limit, which... I'm, go ahead. Yeah, I guess you kind of already know the point I'm alluding yep. to, but you're lowering your overall credit limit, which kind of hurts or diminishes your credit score. With the amount of cars that you're you're looking to get every so often, would that not hurt your ability to get those cards? You would think so, because that's what everyone says. But I'm in the high 700s. Last I checked, I was 760. My wife's the same. We've opened 22 cards in the last three years and canceled probably 10. And, you know, you see a minor ding the month after you cancel it, like maybe it'll go down 10, 15 points. But then the next month it's right back up there. So I wouldn't say it affects your credit score almost at all. In our case, you know. And I want to make that clear because I don't want listeners to go out and and try to do this. But it's a very, very I wouldn't say it's a very complicated system because I've been looking into it. But it's a you have to know what you're doing. And even those dings, like you said, they're they're dings, but they're only three months to six month dings. And they and they eventually just kind of roll over. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's very minimal. So I like what you guys are doing. So one point I really want to make clear, though, is there's no point like you see those uh, 2 percent cash back reward cards. There's no point getting a 2 percent or an airline card, a 2% cashback reward card, only to have a late payment and pay 15% in interest. You know, there's yep. no point to doing that. Yep. So only do the credit card thing if you are super diligent with your finances. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to have a huge price to pay. Yep. And I definitely want our listeners to take heed to that because just kind of based on our conversations and knowing what I know about that industry and kind of how to go about doing that, you're not racking up any debt. You're not racking up any interest. So it sounds scary to a lot of listeners that you've opened up 22 cards in, in just such a limited time. You've but never I want had listeners to know that, yeah, you're not racking up any debt and what, you know, you're paying little to none for these flights. So just wanting to make that clear because it sounds like, you know, we're talking a lot about investing and being responsible and, and real estate. And I don't want, I don't want listeners to kind of take it the wrong way when they hear you have 22 cards. No, it's a methodical system and, yep. and going about getting these points. So, yep. so just making that clear. You are listening to the Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions podcast. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? So I've been recommending this book to a lot of people, and it's called. <laughs> what is it called? It's by 
Jeez. Okay, you're going to have to edit this out. It's by Napoleon Hill. <laughs> think and Grow Rich. <laughs> no, it's not Think and Grow Rich. It's the only book I've read by Napoleon Hill. It just came out in 2011. Something about the devil, right? Outwitting the devil. Outwitting the devil, yep. It's called yep. Outwitting yep. the Devil. I need to read that book. I've heard too many good things about it. Yeah, no, it's really awesome. Okay, so the premise of the book. So Napoleon Hill manages to coerce an interview upon the devil. And throughout the whole book, he's interviewing the devil, trying to reveal all these devilish tricks to enslave humanity and keep people from succeeding. And I kind of, I don't know if you believe in all that or whatever, but it really touches upon like the kind of key points of human behavior and kind of how to overcome all these limiting beliefs that you might have and really kind of try to achieve your full potential and really kind of live the life of your dreams. So I really enjoyed that book. I read it recently and it's kind of really motivated me. Okay, definitely, man. That's at the top of my book list. So thanks for the recommendation. Next question. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? Yeah, so I guess sacrifice is kind of what I was been talking about with frugality, you know, like, yeah, I would love to go. I don't know, maybe I would love to go out to eat every day with my coworkers, you know, but bringing that sandwich from home. Actually, been on salads recently, but bringing that sandwich from home really saves so much money, and also you're not going to get fat like all your coworkers are getting fat. <laughs> so anyway, just I guess yeah, there's a lot of sacrifices to be made, but uh, like I said before, you know, we live frugally, but we do it awesomely. Kind of like that's pretty catchy. Coin that, <laughs> coining it. But yeah, you know, like like we have so much fun coming up with ways to take these free trips to different places, and sure, it's maybe it's hard to make these itineraries with only certain seat selections but we have so much fun doing it we love we bought used kitchens on craigslist that we installed in our rental units and we paid like 20 <laughs> percent of the cost of a new kitchen we love doing things like that all the appliances that we bought in our units they're amazing two thousand dollar normally refrigerators that we bought for like 400 bucks with a 10-year warranty on them you know it's it's doing things like that we just find ways to kind of creatively live our lives in a frugal lifestyle that we kind of have made a game and that we really love to do. So I feel like even once we're in the millions, after the millions, we still just love that lifestyle of being frugal and not like having these fancy cars or we just really, yeah, I guess our goal is really just to have enough money to really provide for our family and just just have fun. You know, we love being in the outdoors, doing low cost activities like that. So yeah, so I guess what I needed to start that entrepreneurial journey was to be kind of frugal and save that money. But along the process, I found a way that that's kind of the lifestyle I just enjoy and love. Yep. Yep. I like that a lot. And I like that, that you guys kind of psych your psyche out, you know, just to, you, you play games to, to kind of make it, you know, I guess not bearable because it's something that you love to do, but you play we games to, to, to enhance it, you know? Yep. So I like that a lot. Okay. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? So, I mean, like I said, my parents were awesome. I feel like everyone's grateful or hopefully can be grateful for their parents. And I didn't really have too many entrepreneurial figures around me. So a lot of it really came from books and listening to podcasts. I developed a, a habit to listen to audiobooks. I just kind of made a post on books. So I know I've read almost 200 books at this point in my life. And I listen to podcasts almost every day. So podcasts are what got me to start that Amazon FBA business of through listening to the Amazing Seller podcast. And then Bigger Pockets was what got me to start looking into real estate and a year and a half 
two years after Liz starting to listen to buying that four family property. So really podcasts have been instrumental in my life and books have been instrumental in my life. But yeah, there's definitely been a lot of other people that I have to thank as well, just picking their their brain. Yep. Yep. What's funny is I think I, I would say the exact same. I, I would say that the vast majority of, you know, where I get my ideas and how I start on these paths that I take so often is through podcasts and through reading. I, I read tons of books just because yep. I think that all the gold is found in books. And, you know, if you're not reading, get to reading, get yep. to reading because it's so it's so crucial. It's so it's that much. <sighs> I don't know how to explain it, but it, it's that missing piece. If you're thinking of of being an entrepreneur, if you're thinking yep. of just expounding on whatever it is that you're doing, whether it is working for the government or working a W-2 job or not working at all. But I think that books have that, you know, you, you can always go to the library. You can always, you know, go on Amazon or go on iTunes and find a book of your choice, find a book in, in the yep. category of just exactly the itch you need to scratch. And I think that's beautiful. So yeah, audiobooks and, and podcasts. Those are my yin and my yang. I, I completely agree. And a uh, good tip for the listeners. What I do is I, I open up an Audible account. Like I have like five Audible accounts now. I just do the free trial and then I cancel it. And see, I'm, I'm just a cheapskate, I guess. I'm not even a frugal. I'm just cheap. So yep, I just yep. do that. You know, I'm almost, I'm almost, after we close on this three family that we have under contract, I'm going to be, I have a million dollars in real estate and I'm still doing these dumb tricks to save $15 a month. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I may have to edit that part out, Sonny, just because uh, I'm working with Amazon to be a sponsor right now. <laughs> uh, <okay>. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm just playing. I'm, I'm going to leave it. But yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Find a way to stack, to invest, to save as much as you can, as early as you can. You know, we're young and I think that that puts us a step ahead of the game because we're so young and we're, we're already in that mentality that we need to start creating these streams to to where we don't have to worry about finances for the rest of our lives. I don't see myself working for money until I'm 70. I don't see myself working, you know, if I'm working three fourths of my day to earn a living, I'm basically living to work for money. And, you know, people kind of have this misconception about how I choose and how I guess a lot of my, a lot of my listeners choose to go about how we spend our money or how we invest or what our mindset is when it comes to our time and how we allocate it. But I'm investing in the right now in the sense that I'm giving up certain, certain things about, not to say I'm giving, I'm giving up certain things, but, but I'm altering my trajectory to save now and to invest now and to learn now and to soak now so that in the future, all of my investing, all of my learning, all of my businesses that I've built, that'll now be what's working for me. My money would be working for me. And therefore, I'd be allotted my time back because time is the most important thing to me. Money is Agreed. not the most important nope. thing to me. It's time. time. Yep. You know, money is here today and gone tomorrow. Money should not be the center of our lives. Mm -hmm. And because I'm making such an effort and hopefully a lot of our listeners are making such an effort to not have it be the center of our lives, then I think that we're in the best position of all to have money work for us and us actually explore and live the lives that we actually want. So yeah, just my little agree. tidbit well on that. Said. Okay. Yeah, yeah, financial freedom is like all about kind of dethroning money as like this thing you have to work for in your life and just reallocating 
time as your most valuable resource and doing with time what you want. You know, instead of working to fill someone else's dream, you and I, you know, we're trying to work to fulfill our own dreams, our own passions. And, you know, we want to start this podcast to share kind of that dream that we've kind of see with others so that they can work kind of towards their own dreams as well and their own passions. Yep, definitely. Okay, let's get in the last question. Why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we had every intention on getting to the millions? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's so much that, that goes into it. But it's yeah, those limiting beliefs that you put on yourself, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that there's another world outside from working a nine to five job. That's just that's just the way things kind of are. You know, your parents did it. They had a job. They came home and yeah, they watched TV and then they were they were done. They went back to work. They came back home. They watched TV. And then, they, you know, it's it's yep. I feel like you get into these thoughts and these life cycle stuff and you, you don't want to break out of the mold you don't want to do something that's outside your comfort zone and you get stuck living a life that you're not really feeling fulfilled or passionate about yep definitely okay so sunny this has been a jam-packed show i think <laughs> that i think that we've covered everything across the board from stocks to real estate to online shopping for pacifiers <laughs> to <laughs> buy my pacifiers Even five to, to website building to alaska to to just traveling to being frugal i think we've touched on everything and we've provided the listeners you've provided the listeners with so much valuable content sunny i thank you so much and if any of the listeners ever want to reach out to you and kind of maybe work with you or just kind of reach out and ask you a question or two how can they get a hold of you if you go to my website, fanvestor.com slash contact, you can just shoot me an email. I think my phone number is on there. I might be taking that off soon because I'm getting a lot of calls. I had <laughs> two people call me today about this deal that they wanted and I was at work. So maybe just emails are better for now. <laughs> are you guys allowed to have your phone out at the DOD? <laughs> Actually, I have, I have Google Voice, so it forwards to my work phone. But gotcha. depending on the, the facility, you can't have cell phones. And they have like retina scanners in some buildings. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, okay. man serious well cool sunny it's been awesome and we're gonna have to do this again next year around this time and just yeah man this up. was yeah, awesome i think it'll be awesome so sunny thank you so much and we will see you next time thanks for having me see you guys how about that what a show it was jam-packed with tons of useful and actionable information so go take action i hope there's a little sunny in all of us his frugal ways definitely have me thinking of how i can be more efficient if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe so that you'll automatically get access to new episodes as they release. We release a show each and every Tuesday. Also, if you've enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review. We like five stars and higher. Wink, wink. <laughs> but it's totally up to you. We really do appreciate honest feedback and we'll continue to give the show towards your wants and needs as the loyal listener that you are, because our mission is to facilitate growth in all things entrepreneurial. Well. That's all we have for today's show, so go out there and take action. Fail today, fail tomorrow. Make sure you're failing every day. Fail hard, fail fast. Until next time. Let's go get them.